0: About your life tonight, are you living a life of peace or is your life falling to pieces? We're either in one of two places and that's either tonight or any other night or any other day that we're in one of those two places. We're either living that life of peace or the life's falling to pieces and so we've been looking at it all year long and we'll continue to do that for quite some time and so tonight we're looking at we have no peace without Jesus. And uh, we want to begin in Luke chapter 19, verse 28, where the Bible says, after Jesus had said this. After Jesus had said what? We're leaving out a whole story here because we want to get to the point. But after Jesus had said this, meaning that he was going through Jericho. And while he was traveling through Jericho, he came across a man by, by the name of Zacchaeus. Now you remember Zacchaeus because Zacchaeus was a... And a, all right, you know, that's all you need to know about Zacchaeus. <laughs> you know what he was. And so you knew what he was. But Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. And so then he went into this part right here after Jesus said this. He went on ahead, leaving Jericho, uh, going to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you. As you enter it, you'll find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. So he told two of his disciples, we don't know which two he told it, said, Go on ahead into town. You're going to find a colt that's tied there, and nobody's ever ridden it before. And you untie it, and you bring it here. And so that was a pretty big undertaking, wasn't it? Because we're going to walk into town, two of us are going to walk into town, and we're going to see this horse tied up somewhere, and we're just going to untie it and walk off with it. Isn't that called uh, stealing? Horse thief. And what do they do with horse thieves, according to all the westerns that you ever watched? You know, they did it to Clint Eastwood. They thought he was a horse thief. They hung him. They hung him high, you know. Well, anyway, Jesus said in verse thirty-one: "If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Why are you stealing my horse? Why are you getting my colt? Nobody's ever ridden it before. Tell them the Lord needs it." Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he told them. There he is. There he was. Well, as they run time the colt, its owners. <laughs> asked them, why are you untying the colt? This is not your colt, is this This not your horse? What, What are you doing taking it? And they replied, the Lord needs it. And they brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. And so apparently the owner of the colt said, okay, if the Lord needs it, here it is. You take it. And so it is with you and I today. If we're doing something that God wants us to do, and the Lord needs it done, and the Lord wants us to do it, then it's going to work out, isn't it? It's going to be what God wants, and so it's going to work out. It just did with them, and it will with us. If we're doing God's will, pleasing Him, and the Lord needs it, then it's going to work out for us as it did for them. So they brought it to Him, put their cloaks on the colt, and got Jesus on it. As He went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. So He's going into from Bethphage and from Bethany now going on into Jerusalem. And the people are noticing him coming in. The people are seeing him coming in. And they're laying their cloaks down on the road. They're just paying homage to him. They're paying honor to him. They're recognizing who Jesus is. And they realize that he is our king. He's our Lord. He's our Messiah. And so we came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives. The whole crowd of disciples began to joyfully praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. They've been with Jesus. They've been around Jesus now for over three years. And different ones have seen him do miracles, healing the blind, hearing the, healing the deaf, the mute, casting out demons, uh, raising people up from all kinds of illnesses, cat- and doing all kind of wonderful things. They've seen this and heard about it. And so they're joyfully saying, we praise him, we love him, we thank him. And they've said in verse 38, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory to the highest. Here's our Lord, here's our Messiah, here's our Christ has come for us. And we lift Him up and we praise His name just like we do every Sunday here, don't we? We lift up the name of Jesus in praise. And we call Him blessed and we call Him Lord and we call Him Messiah. And they were doing it then and we do it now. But hold on, wait a minute, verse 39. Uh Uh-oh. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, some of the religious leaders in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, not Lord, not master, not Messiah, rebuke your disciples, get on to them. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. And so they were upset, they were distraught, they disturbed because people are equating Jesus with God. They're praising him, they're honoring him, they're paying tribute to him. And these Pharisees said, you can't have them doing that. They can't be praising you like this, they can't be calling you Messiah and Christ and the Lord and all these things they're praising you with, get on to them, rebuke them. And Jesus made just a quiet little comeback. He said, hey, if they keep quiet, <laughs> you know what's going to happen? The stones are going to cry out. The rocks are going to cry out. You won't let them praise me? The rocks will. And so it is with you and I today. Do we praise Jesus? Do we thank Him? Do we honor Him? Do we carry His name on high in our, our lips and our heart and our mind? Do we make Him our Lord, our Master, our Savior? What happens if we don't? Well, as he approached Jerusalem and he saw the city, he had a response over the city. He wept over it. Jesus was distraught over the city of Jerusalem. He'd been in Jerusalem many, many times throughout three three and a half years he'd been in ministry. And now he comes to Jerusalem for the last time. And as he sees the city and walks and looks at the city, he begins to weep over it. Why? Why? Because he said, if you, Jerusalem, even you, Jerusalem, if you had known on this day what would bring you peace, then it's like he stopped in the middle of the sentence. But now it's hidden from your eyes. It's like he was going to conclude his sentence with something else, but he stopped and said, it's too late now. You wouldn't recognize me as Messiah. You wouldn't recognize me as Lord. You wouldn't recognize me as the Christ, the Emmanuel, the God with you. It's too late now. Everything's fixing to unfold right before your eyes. We know what's about to unfold. We know the rest of the story already. But he said, if you would just have known what would bring you peace, you would have allowed me to come into your life, come into your heart, come into your mind, and lead you to salvation and lead you to peace. But you didn't recognize it. You didn't recognize me. And you're even not doing it now. As a whole, as, as a city as a whole, they were not doing that. And the individuals, yes. Pharisees, they're the religious leaders. They were not. They're telling them to be quiet, shut up, quit praising him. And then he wanted to say verse 43. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. It's going to come a day that punishment will come, destruction will come, retribution will come because you're not believing in Jesus as Lord and Master and Savior and the city of Jerusalem will be destroyed. And sure enough, it was. In the year 75, 76, the city was destroyed. Walls were torn down, buildings torn down, and it was never the same after that. It was rebuilt later, but not like it was then. And so Jesus was simply saying to them, if, if you'd have just known what would bring you peace... You'd have brought your life into that and you'd invited Jesus to be in your life. And so it is with us today. The only way we're going to have peace in our life, the only way we're going to have peace in our heart, to go through whatever it is we go through, is to have Jesus in us. To recognize Him as Lord, Master, and Savior. To be born again, to be saved. And to follow Him, deny self, take up the cross daily and follow Him. That's how we get peace. We try to find peace in so many different ways, so many different places. But we can't find it until we find Jesus. Because without Jesus, our life falls to pieces. With Jesus, we have peace. It's either one or the other. Which do we have? It's a day-to-day life. It's a week-by-week life, a month-by-month, year-by-year. It's a lifetime. How do we find this peace? Only with Jesus. Without Him, our life falls to pieces. So let's make sure we understand this word peace. Once more, we've looked at it several times. Let's get our definition one more time here tonight. Peace means quietness of our heart. Sometimes our heart can just roar. Sometimes our heart can be on fire. Sometimes our heart can be just all mixed up and messed up, can't it? Sometimes we don't know what to think. We don't know what to pray. We don't know how to feel. We don't know what's going on. We don't know how to figure it out. We have so many things going on in our life. What are we going to do now? Here comes one more thing. Here comes one more burden. And peace is quietness in our heart. Peace means security. Security. Because there's a lot of people walking around in America today that just feel insecure. Have you ever heard the phrase, in a relationship, you're insecure in this relationship, aren't you? You know, you may say that to somebody or somebody may say that to you. Or you may not say it to somebody, but you may think that about somebody. Because somebody's not feeling secure in the relationship they're thinking at any moment we're going to break up, we're going to fall to pieces, we're going to grow apart, we're going to go different directions. And so you're feeling insecure in this relationship. That's why you act the way you act sometimes. And you may have said that to people and people may have said that to you. And so people react in a relationship in a negative way sometimes because of insecurity. They don't feel secure in that relationship. Something's going to happen. I need to do this. I need to say that. I don't need to do this. Don't need to say that because I'm insecure in the relationship. And so when we have peace, we have security. I feel secure in me and in the relationship I have with other people. But peace also means freedom from an agitated heart. You know the word agitator. If you look into a washing machine, you look into an agitator. Now, some washing machines nowadays don't have an agitator in the middle of the washing machine. I know the one before last that we had didn't have one. Maybe that's when why it didn't last so long. Or maybe it's because I didn't know how to wash clothes and tore it up. I'm not sure. But the one I have now uh, has an agitator in the middle of it. And it kind of does this. You know, It kind of goes around. It goes back and forth and all that. kind of mixes the clothes around and stirs them up. And it agitates the clothing so that... Why does it do that? Cleaning them in it. Getting the dirt off. Mixing it up. Getting the soap around. Getting the water going. Trying to agitate to where it can be cleaned. But you know our heart can get that way too. Our heart can get, can get agitated. Our heart can kind of go back and forth. Our, our mind can go back and forth. And we, we get all mixed up and we get messed up and we get feeling the wrong things and get thinking about, you know, I, I'm just agitated. You ever felt agitated? You know, something's happening around you and you're just agitated. Peace says, I've got freedom from that. I'm going through a lot of things we might say around us because things are happening we don't like, we didn't ask for, but it's happening anyway. But you know we can be free from an agitated heart. When we have peace with Jesus, we can. It means exemption from rage and war. Sometimes people can get into a rage. You ever seen anybody rage? You know, you you've been around people that do that, haven't you? Okay uh you, you know people that do get into a rage. I mean, they just, what's another term? They they go off. What? Fly off the handle. Off the handle. Okay. Uh, they go off. They they lose it. You know, all those kind of words and other terms you may have for that. Um, that's rage. But when we have peace, we have exemption from that. We don't have that rage. We're not flying off the handle. Also exemption from war. You know, some of the biggest battles we have is going on right here in our life. We can be at war within ourselves. We just have this battle going on within us. Well, I want to do this and I should do that. And we're back and forth and it's like we're just fighting ourselves many times. So peace brings us quietness in our heart, brings us security, freedom from an agitated heart, exempts us from rage and exempts us from war. Even though there's so many things going on around us that could cause that, we can still have peace within us, because it's not what's going on around us that matters. It's what's going on within us. Because we can be living a, a calm and quiet life around us and still be agitated within us. We can still have insecurities. We can still be agitated in our heart. Even the things are going on around us are pretty good. Or we can also have things going on around us that's really falling apart, really going terrible at, at home, in a relationship, at school, at, at work, at and our finances, and our health, and whatever else you want to list there, it can all be falling apart around us, but we can be at peace with ourselves. We can have that quietness and security and freedom, agitated heart, and freedom from rage and war, even though the whole world around us is falling apart because of what Jesus is doing, you see? So a life falling to pieces submits to what's going on around us. When our life is falling to pieces, and however you want to define your life falling to pieces in whatever kind of way, what is causing it is that we're submitting to what's going on around us. We're listening to that, whatever that is. We're listening to them, whoever they are. <laughs> and we're hearing all these things going on around us, and we're letting it go into our hearts and our minds, and it's causing that agitation in our heart. It's causing that insecurity. It's causing us to have rage and war in our heart. Because we're submitting to what's going on around us. You know, here's this problem that's arisen, whatever problem you want to name. And we're being submissive to that problem rather than saying, Lord, I don't know what's going to go on here. I don't know how to fix that. I don't know what to do about that. You do. And so rather than me submitting to my problem, I'm going to submit to you. And I'm going to ask you to handle this and I'm going to ask you to fix that. I'm not listening to that and I'm not listening to them. I'm not even submitting to this problem going on in my life right now. I'm going to submit to you. And I'm going to live in obedience to you. And I'm going to live life your way instead of this problem's way. And I'm going to do what you want me to do instead of what they or it wants me to do. And therefore, my life won't fall to pieces because I'm not submitting to the problem. I'm not submitting to what's going on around me. You see how that works? You know, there you are at work or at school or in your family or in your home in your marriage and your dating whoever it is and whatever it is, and here's all these things happening around you and you're submitting to it <laughs> and life begins to fall to pieces because we're getting all these burdens on our backs. You know, some people try to carry the weight of the world on their... You ever seen anybody do that? <laughs> or at least try to? <laughs> You've never... <laughs> You know, every now and then you run across somebody who tries to do that. And they want to carry the weight of the world on their shoulders. Maybe they don't want to, but they feel the need to. And so they're submitting to all these troubles that are going on around us. Let me just submit to that trouble. Well, I'll bring that on. Well, let me submit to that trouble and so bring that on. And over a period of time, it just begins to do this to us, doesn't it? And there we have that agitated heart. There we have that insecurity. There we have no quietness of the heart. There we are having the rage and the war going on within us because we're submitting to all these things going on around us, bringing it onto our life, our shoulders, or our back, and it's just weighing us down. We, we have a burden and we feel the burden over time. And so that life falling to pieces submits what going on, what's going on around us. But on the other hand, on the flip side of that, living a life of peace submits to the Holy Spirit living in us because it shouldn't matter what's going on around us if we've got the Holy Spirit giving us peace within us. If He's giving us peace within us, it doesn't matter what's happening around us. All of this can be falling apart, going to pieces around us, everybody else going to pieces, but if we're submitting to the Holy Spirit living in us, living life His way, not that way, then we're going to live a life of peace. Do you see how that can work in your life? Do you see the logical, reasonable, and sensible way that works? We're either doing one of two things. Submitting to the problems around us or submitting to the Holy Spirit living in us. If we're submitting to the problems around us, we're going to have a life falling to pieces. I'm just falling to pieces. I don't know what's going to happen next. But if we're submitting to the Holy Spirit living in us, problems? I ain't got any. Problems around me? Not my problem. (laughs) It's theirs or them or, or whatever. I'm going to submit to the Holy Spirit rather than this, you see. Our world around us can be falling to pieces. It, it can be. It can be right now. I mean, if we watch the news very much, I highly don't recommend it <laughs> to watch the news very much. Because if you do, you know, boy, we're talking about bringing stuff into your life, into your mind. I mean, it's just going to be so much stuff get in your head and... You know what's going on over there in Ukraine, and what's going on in Turkey, and what's going on in South America at the southern border. You know, what's, you know, the list goes on and on. And we're, I'm just getting agitated, I'm just getting all upset. Boy, I, I could just, you know. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, because you're just watching all this stuff happen all around you, and we're submitting to that, and saying that's how life is. And now it's giving me insecurity, in my heart, made my heart feel, you know, all these things. So our world around us can be falling to pieces, but we can be at peace. Because we're at peace with God through our relationship with Jesus. We can have peace in our heart, our mind, our very soul, even when everything around us is just going to pieces. And we've lived in it, haven't we? So tonight, is your life falling to pieces? Or are you living a life of peace? There, Jesus was, looking at Jerusalem... For the last time from a distance as he's coming into it, within a matter of a week, he's going to be hanging on a cross, dying because the people were turning against him. And he wept over it. And he weeps over people today because he looks at our life and says, You could be at peace. Can we go back to that verse uh, 1941? Can you go back to Luke 1941 there? He looks at us and He says, even you even you, had only known of this day what would bring you peace. And He's asking us the same thing. He's saying to us the same thing. It's a relationship with Him that's real and alive and personal. Because we come to those crisis times in our life and we begin to fall to pieces. And He says, if you only knew what would bring you peace, you could have it. As long as we submit to Him and not to the things of the world. These people, as a whole, as a city, not, not every individual, but as a whole, as a city, they were not submitting to him. They were submitting to the world, things of the world, things the way they were. And he wept over them. He's weeping over people today because he's saying the same thing. If you only knew, what would bring you peace. Do we know what would bring us peace? It's our relationship with Jesus. Make it real make it alive, have that relationship with Him so that you live a life of peace and don't have a life that's fallen to pieces.